everyone. Welcome to the Crypto Unstacked podcast, where we cover everything from crypto trading and investing to NFTs, decentralized finance, and so much more. The Crypto Unstacked podcast is meant for informational purposes only and should not be considered financial or investment advice. Nothing expressed in this podcast should be construed as a solicitation, recommendation, endorsement, or offer to buy or sell financial products. This podcast is sponsored by CoinFlex, the home of crypto yield. Whether you're passively managing money or taking an actively managed approach, you can earn and trade crypto easily on CoinFlex, which sees over $2 billion in daily trading volume. CoinFlex is committed to making crypto derivatives yield accessible to everyone, whether you are investing hundreds or thousands of dollars and more. With a newly launched automated market-making product called AMM+, you can earn yield on crypto by providing liquidity into the futures markets. The AMM Plus is 10 times more capital efficient than other automated market makers and offers multiple collateral types so that you can earn more with less. Interested in learning more about CoinFlex and trying out the AMM Plus? Head over to coinflex.com AMM to get started and let the market work for you. Hey, Corbin. Welcome to Crypto Unstacked. Great to have you on. Yeah, thanks for having me. I think we know each other very well, so there's no... Uh... No introductions needed on that side, but great to have you here. Can you tell us a bit about the story of how this partnership came together and why this was the right timing and how this all went down? You and I have known each other for, feels like years now. Like yeah. we've known each other in passing, like we've never met in real life, but we seem to always cross paths online. And yeah. I think uh, you know, you've known Roger for many years and I know he was always always saying like, oh, you gotta, you gotta meet this Mark Lamb guy. Super, super smart, super smart guy. So uh yeah, your name was always coming up and passing at the office. And, uh, you know, I think, I guess the most recent it, interaction that kind of got this thing moving was primarily on Telegram, where you'd reached out and said, you know, it would be pretty sweet is if we had a nice exchange button in the bottom of the Bitcoin.com wallet. And uh, I remember being like, yeah, that would be pretty sweet. We kind of need something like that. Yeah. And I think that kind of got the ball rolling a little bit on moving this project forward. So yeah, maybe I'll let you kind of do the big announcement on this call and kind of talk a little bit about that. Yeah, so just for those who haven't seen the press and surrounding uh, articles, we've just announced that Bitcoin.com and CoinFlex are entering into a very large partnership. Exchange.Bitcoin.com is going to be effectively CoinFlex, and it'll be CoinFlex's technology, liquidity, order books, account system, etc. And it'll be branded as Bitcoin.com, and we'll be providing that together in concert with the Bitcoin.com guys to their users, our users, effectively, yep. the combined user base. And we're also going to be, this is perhaps even even bigger, is uh, putting FlexUSD and the AMM, the CoinFlex AMM product, into the Bitcoin.com wallet, which I think we're really excited about because Bitcoin. we're really excited about all of it, but Bitcoin.com, for the people who are listening on the CoinFlex side who may not be as familiar with the Bitcoin.com side, Bitcoin.com is one of the biggest domains in crypto. It's one of the top three, sometimes top two, or sometimes number one wallet in crypto. And it's got huge users, huge downloads, 25 million users, absolutely huge amount of activity. And so what really CoinFlex has done in the last year is, is built up a lot of products that are very unique in the market in providing yield and a lot of trading products that are also unique in the way they trade. 
And so now it's for us as a business, it's really just time to get more users, get more people using these products. We've kind of been in a, a year of lots of product development and lots of iterations. And we're still going to be doing lots of product development and iterations. You know, we have a huge team that's focused on that. So that's not ending. But now the focus is really on marketing and growing the user base. So we're really excited about this partnership with Bitcoin.com and how it'll basically take our user base from where it's at now to, I think, a completely different level. So, and and I think it's, yeah, go ahead. Well, I was just going to say, I think on like the Bitcoin.com level, like we, you know, we saw this as a huge opportunity with, uh, I mean, beyond just getting access to a professional, like high frequency trader experience that anyone can use trading any, any cryptocurrency beyond that. I think the big thing was like the AMM plus for those of you guys who haven't actually had a a chance to use that, being able to to kind of do the same thing you would do on Uniswap, but using a traditional exchange with being able to fund these liquidity pairs, you know, it's a huge opportunity for people to earn interest on their crypto. And I think what's cool about this feature is that there's a lot of these different yield pools and different LPs that you can do through DeFi. The big issue we have and something we're always trying to tackle at bitcoin.com is basically how can we make that experience as user-friendly as possible for new people so obviously given that we've got the bitcoin.com domain name we get a lot of new users coming through and they're not sure where to start and if we hit them with too much they tend to drop off and for better or worse DeFi still is not the most user-friendly thing for new folks it's kind of like a little further down the user journey in terms of skill level required to do the things that you want to do with your money What I like about the AMM product that CoinFlex has built is basically you can take your crypto. So let's say you only have BTC or let's say you only have BCH and you want to just one click deposit it into CoinFlex or into now the Bitcoin.com exchange. You can now fund LP and you can say, I want to fund LP on the BTC USD pair. And anytime someone's trading BTC USD, you have the potential of using your capital that you've locked up there to earn fees. And it's just a great user experience where it only requires one deposit. So for those of you who've maybe tried doing the same thing in DeFi, if you try to do this on Ethereum to a a Uniswap LP, sometimes two, three transactions. And then if you're actually trying to claim any rewards or if you're trying to withdraw to get out of it, you're losing a lot of your revenue that you've actually built up over the time that you've had this liquidity locked up. So on Ethereum, you might be doing 50 to $100 transactions just to get your coins locked up in this pool. And then when you try to withdraw, you're in that same position of having to spend potentially another 50 to 100 or more just to kind of get out. But the AMM product has that same capability, but with fewer on-chain transactions, since you're just doing one on-chain transaction to get it into CoinFlex's custody system, which is banking level security, highly secure. And yeah, I mean, it's a great opportunity for anyone to use their crypto that they're planning on holding anyways to generate them some revenue. So yeah, I think it's a huge, huge opportunity for ordinary users and people that are just sitting on crypto and know they're not going to sell. You know, they don't have any interest in selling, but they'd like to earn more. And I think it's uh, kind of all about opportunities and options. And I think it's, this is a great one. Awesome. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. And so what do you think this means for the broader Bitcoin.com user base? Like what changes are they going to see? What, what do you think this means for them? Yeah, I think on the Bitcoin. Sorry, that was on the Bitcoin.com users. My, my internet kind of cut yeah. out there. I'm not sure. All good. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, um, on the Bitcoin.com user front, the big thing is going to be, I think, access to the Flex USD. So, you know, for those of you guys who maybe are, are coming in from the Bitcoin.com space, you know, Flex USD is an interest-earning stablecoin. So, you've got things like USDT Tether, you've got USDC, which is one of the more popular coins in DeFi. But Flex USD has really come out in the last year, especially on the Smart BCH front, as well as on Ethereum. But the cool thing on 
that's available now is the BCH SLP version of FlexUSD. And this is available today. You go try it out in the Bitcoin.com wallet. You can go swap. If you're holding any USDT, you can swap inside the Bitcoin.com app into FlexUSD. And with that FlexUSD, as long as you're holding it inside a, a wallet, one that supports SLP, then you'll get these uh, regular airdrops that yeah, basically pay you interest. So you can earn, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, it's like, what, 10 to 20% APY? So, yeah, I mean, it's great. Yeah, it's a pretty incredible rate of return. And really, the reason for that return is simply we're cutting out a lot of the middlemen that are involved in, uh, in a lot of the other lending platforms in crypto. So yeah. those lending platforms... Just have- That's what it's all about in crypto, just getting rid of those middlemen and uh, doing our best to kind of get as much profit and get as much uh, utility to the end user. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that was one thing we really liked about Bitcoin.com is when we looked at organizations that really share the the dream of crypto, of really maximizing economic freedom for end users, maximizing their economic output, their profits, their end goal. It's an organization that I think is very, very similar to us and like-minded 100% in terms of not fleecing the user, giving them the best experience, giving them the best UX, giving them the best yeah. amount of freedom. And so we're very aligned to that. That was a big thing for me in partnering with with the wonderful team over there. Yeah, that was the same thing we were saying too, is we do our best to kind of make sure that all the partnerships we work with are people that not only we like their products and their tech, we like them as people and individuals. And I think, you know, when we got to meet you and the rest of the CoinFlex team, everyone was like, man, these guys are on the same page as us. We're talking the same language kind of have these similar values in terms of how can we support and bring about more economic freedom to the world. And it just felt like there was a lot of this good compatibility. And I think that's very much required in any uh, any major business decision. And I think in particular, one that's going to be so tightly integrated with regards to both an exchange platform, uh, yield earning opportunities, and uh, a non-custodial wallet. I think there's some pretty cool things that Mark and I have been coming up with that we think we can uh, we can do over the next year. Uh, with regards to kind of making, uh, you know, a, a nice, clean kind of non-custodial, custodial hybrid experience for users who want in on that high-frequency trading or want in on additional yield opportunities, but also want to control their coins, which I think we we all agree is very important in the space. It's extremely important. Yeah, I'm excited about some of the non-public stuff we've got planned. It's pretty cool. Yeah. And so what do you think this partnership uh, means for like the CoinFlex users and the CoinFlex ecosystem? Like, should CoinFlex users be expecting any changes? Is it uh, basically business as usual? What do you think this means for that side of the equation? Yeah, I think for the CoinFlex users, you know, obviously they can continue trading on CoinFlex.com. Still, it's not like CoinFlex.com is going away. This is very much like both exchange platforms are going to continue to exist. There will be, uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong, there's going to be sh- some shared liquidity between the Bitcoin.com exchange Completely. and CoinFlex.com. So uh, all that's really happening for CoinFlex is that we're expecting probably, what, deeper markets? That's probably the biggest thing is that you'll have deeper markets across all pairs is the hope. Potentially, you know, as a result of Bitcoin.com users, more liquidity coming in as a result of uh, the AMM feature. You know, you'll have more people to trade with. You'll have, uh, I guess the one thing is, you know, if, if you're looking for a non-custodial wallet, of course, we would encourage you guys to come try out, uh, you know, the Bitcoin.com wallet and take it for a spin. We've got Bitcoin, Bitcoin Cash, Ethereum, ERC-20 tokens. We don't have the full depth of coins that are offered on CoinFlex. You can correct me if I'm wrong. You guys have, what, over dozens, do. dozens of, of yeah, cryptos. 40, and we don't 40 plus. all of them. Yeah, 40 plus, yeah. So we're, we're working our way down the list and doing our best to support as many cryptocurrencies as we can within the Bitcoin.com wallet. But uh, yeah, I think despite that 
it's a great opportunity to try out, you know, a non-custodial wallet if you haven't made that leap from custody to non-custody. But for the most part, for CoinFlex users, it's pretty well business as usual, you know, with the exception of just, yeah, deeper markets is, is probably my, my guess. Awesome. So what will be ready today? What's live now? And in terms of Bitcoin.com and exchange.bitcoin.com and the CoinFlex features, what's a future thing? What's a future wallet thing? What's a today thing? Yeah, yeah. So you can go to Bitcoin.com today and access the exchange. And this exchange is powered by CoinFlex. You can trade spot, leverage, perpetuals. You can fund yield. You can do this all through the website, through Bitcoin.com. In addition to that, we'll also have Bitcoin.com wallet with support for FlexUSD. And this is going to be available immediately. So you can do this already today. You can swap from any cryptocurrency that's supported in the Bitcoin.com wallet into FlexUSD. Start earning 10 to 20% yield on your... Um, your stable coins, which is very cool. In addition to that, we'll have some links out from within the wallet to the exchange platform as well. So we're going to be driving some traffic there. Yeah, I think the big thing is just being able to have that full exchange experience, whether you're trading spot, whether you're going after some crazy leverage, or whether you know, you're know you just uh, taking out some futures and things like that. I think there's like, yeah, the cool thing with the CoinFlex trading experience is that they've got this full featured trading desk. It's whether you're a super advanced trader who's staring at charts every day and this is your life, you've got that support. Or if you're just someone who's coming in to kind of do some ordinary spot trades and you know just getting a taste of more cryptocurrencies, yeah, it's kind of an easy opportunity to do that right through Bitcoin.com. Yeah, I think in terms of future integrations, we're going to be working very closely with Mark and his team. I think we're also watching very closely things like the uh, smart PCH market. And you can correct me if I'm wrong, but you know I think we've got the Smart BCH bridge as well. So yep. CoinFlex was the first bridge to Smart BCH. Bitcoin.com exchange will be the second. Of course, it's powered by CoinFlex, but the benefit is, yeah, we'll have people coming to Bitcoin.com and having this uh, immediate access to bridging their BCH over to With no uh, fees. Smart no fees. Yeah, it's very no cool. No fees at all. <laughs> yeah, awesome. And um, yeah, yeah. Now that sort of leads me to my next question, which is, uh, what are you thinking about Smart BCH? And maybe personally, as well as Bitcoin.com, if there's anything you guys can talk about there, yeah, or even just your own personal thoughts about it. Yeah, I think you and I can geek out about Smart BCH for a while here. Yeah, I mean, I've been kind of uh, fully Smart BCH pilled. I uh, yeah. I was an early user, and when there wasn't really a whole lot going on, it was like a fresh new EVM market with like very little going on, and it was like, okay, well, who's going to be the first Dex to kind of launch? Yep. Who's going to be the first NFT to launch? Some of you guys may have seen the poolside puffers. I did an NFT project early on in the smart PCH days just because I wanted to test it out. I had played around with some smart contracts on Ethereum and was disgusted to find out that uh, to launch my smart contract, it was going to cost, at the time, it was like $1,500 to launch a smart contract. And I was like, I mean, I want to play around with code, but I, I don't know if I like burning money like that. <laughs> like, I'm not... Decentralizing I, finance. I yeah, no. yeah. I just this is not the future of money I signed up for for yeah. fifteen hundred dollars smart contract. It was like ah, to test, that's a test. Yeah, just to test it out, just to have a little fun and you know, just to learn, yeah. right? Yeah. And I mean, yeah, of course, I could have gone and learned on like a Rinkeby network, but you can do that. It's just there's something to be said about getting something live on mainnet to be like, okay, I want to know if I, I'm not an idiot. If I can I do this completely this working? Yeah. So smart BCH was like, yeah, an easy way for me to launch a smart contract. You can go visit puffers.cash. They're all sold out already, but we should have those on the secondary market pretty soon. We've been talking to the team at uh, oasis.cash. 
They've been working on this uh, beautiful looking NFT marketplace. I think the big one they're working on right now is the Cats NFT. But I think after they finish their Cats auctions and they'll be opening it up to more NFT projects. So that's the one that we're kind of waiting on. But yeah, you, you can go to, to puffers.cash. There is a secondary market as well available over at ba.net, ba.net. They were one of the early NFT marketplaces as well. So yeah, you can go go buy these puffers and play around with NFTs for pretty cheap. But yeah, I think like the entire smart BCH ecosystem, it's still young, but despite it being young, it's moved very fast. Yeah, like, yeah. I guess there's two questions on the smart BCH side, because I think we've covered a lot of the Bitcoin.com, Coinflix stuff. One is like, what do you think about where smart BCH needs to go? And then I guess the second part is like, how do you see smart BCH relative to other chains, other EVM ecosystems? Yeah, yeah. No, I'm happy to answer that one. I think like the first and foremost thing that I think beyond just smart BCH, but the wider BCH people need to take notice, because I, I do see that there's like, there's two segments within the Bitcoin Cash community. There's the people that are smart BCH build, and then there's people that are like, eh, DeFi is hard. This is a lot of work. MetaMask is hard to set up. And they're just kind of like, they're OG BCH people, but they're totally, yeah, just kind of, they're skeptical or they're yep. maybe just not feeling encouraged to do it for whatever reason. Yep. And I think because of that, there's still part of the BCH community that's like, well, why should we need to speed up this hard fork to support decentralized bridges and get the SHA gate going. So for those of you guys who maybe aren't following this, there's currently a bridge to smart BCH. It's less decentralized as could be. And I think what everyone wants smart BCH to be is independent of any company, including Bitcoin.com or CoinFlex. We want everyone to use smart BCH and have this interoperability of with other EVM chains. And the best way for us to do that is to have a decentralized bridge and the guys at Smart BCH, the uh, I think it's Wang Kui. Wang Kui, yeah, yeah. His team has been working on this this idea called Shawgate, but it does require an update to the BCH protocol. So that's on L1 protocol update, which means one of the planned hard forks needs to include some changes to support this Shawgate capability. The sooner we have that, the more decentralized Smart BCH becomes, and the more valuable it becomes to the wider EVM marketplace. Yeah, that includes things like FTM. Avalanche, Polygon, you name it. So I think that's kind of like one of the things I think smart BCH people need to push, but also regular BCH people that maybe haven't been BCH, smart BCH build. You know, I think they need to kind of uh, hear people out, maybe hop on smart BCH, take it for a spin, try to get familiar with this. I think there's a lot of people in BCH that are maybe laggards in the EVM space because they've kind of seen Ethereum fees and there's like a lot of there's a high fee sensitivity in BCH community. Anything that is charging more than a couple bucks, they're just like, ah, I don't know. doesn't feel right. doesn't feel good with my ethos. Yeah. And I get that. But at the same time, it's like, it's undeniable that EVM is where crypto is right now. And it's where it's going to be for the next few years. It's like the... Uh, what is EVM? EVM is the Ethereum virtual machine. It's uh, basically the spine that Ethereum uses. It's the spine that Avalanche uses. Avalanche is it C chain? I think so. They've got a yep. se- several chains. Yep. But then there's FTM, same thing. Polygon. They're all kind of using this Ethereum virtual machine to allow users to launch smart contracts and uh, yeah, have this beautiful Turing complete language that allows people to yeah program money. It's easier to program money. You know, we've heard about this kind of feature in BCH for a while with like things like cash scripts, which are cool. The difficulty here is though that where Layer One BCH programmable money is it's less 
feature complete than something like an EVM chain. Yeah. And a lot of the things you can do on BCH with cache scripts are more difficult, more and severely limited in comparison yes. to what you can do with an EVM chain. Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things I like about EVM and what's going on here is EVM has kind of won a developer network effect. If you think about languages yeah. like Java and HTML, Rust, you know, Ruby, you know, C++, like all these languages, there's a bunch of them and they all compete for each other. And for many use cases, Java has won, C++ has won. Mm-hmm. And so the big question I think crypto is trying to answer is, for smart contracts and programmable money, has EVM won? Yeah. And I think there's a pretty strong argument that at least so far it has. Yeah. Definitely 90% of the activity already is happening on EVM. Yeah. You and I have talked about this, but I, I seriously think that EVM is like the USB 2.0 of yeah. crypto. It's like, it's not going anywhere. It's the most kind of adopted feature complete piece of hardware, or I guess it's software that you can kind of like plug and play into. And it's just expected that it works. Yeah. And I'm sure there's going to be great upgrades to this idea and there's going to be new blockchains that come out and do things better and more securely and more decentralized. But I think for now, EVM is like, it's the JavaScript of crypto. And I think the network effect is so critical. And we've seen that with with BCH. You know, you get people that are super interested in playing around with some cache scripts or doing some really hardcore script programming. But the network effect to actually support these things and to grow up businesses around them it's more difficult. It's an uphill battle. Whereas like Ethereum has really blazed the trail to make things like decentralized exchanges, to make staking and earning yield kind of vanilla. It's not even complicated stuff. It's like at this point, any Joe Schmo can go take a smart contract, fork it, relabel it and support it. And yeah, you do have to have some chops and some engineering chops to kind of do all of this, but it's not rocket science anymore. Whereas if you're dealing with scripting language with Bitcoin to do even part of that, you need a gigabrain and you need a gigabrain and you don't have that network effect of people supporting the things that you've built. And there's not a lot of dev packages to make that easier for new people to do what you did to kind of compete with you. So there's, yeah, this constant uphill battle on building on BCH layer one. And the same would apply for BTC layer one. This is like just a, the hard truth is EVM is easier for devs to work with, way more open source tooling out there. And we've seen this growth in other L2 projects and sidechains, the tremendous growth of Polygon, FTM, Avalanche. They wouldn't be where they are now if they had chosen to not have an EVM chain, right? It's kind of a no-brainer now. And the fact that BCH now has the opportunity or already has this working thing of a a hybrid proof-of-stake, proof-of-work chain, that doesn't have a separate coin, which is, I think, the coolest part where, yeah, you can say Polygon is like a side chain of Ethereum. Well, it's got its own token. So it's kind of in competition with Ethereum in some ways. And with Smart BCH, it doesn't have its own token. It's just BCH being used as the gas, which is pretty cool. And I think it's worth noting the Polygon guys are trying to do great things. But at the end of the day, they did the network consensus the people that governed that network decided to change fees from one GUI to 30 GUI, so a 30 times increase overnight with very little notice to the market. And after that, transaction volumes dropped significantly. And when you think about that, you realize that all these blockchain networks are at the end of the day 
just as much technological innovations as they are community groups and philosophical, ideological groups. And I think one of the things I like about the BCH community that I probably most like about it is, is a commitment of low to low fees and high scalability. And, and when you think about onboarding the next billion users into crypto, it has to be people that are paying low fees because these people don't have a lot of money. You know, if if someone has $2,000 and that's their entire net worth and you tell them, Hey, you know, you should use smart contracts and the fee is a hundred dollars. Like they're not going to spend 5% of their money on a single transaction. They're just not. Yeah. It's like now you're wrecked basically. Yeah. Welcome to the blockchain. (laughs) And a lot of people are kind of get disconnected. I mean, we saw this in in BTC, Bitcoin, Mm -hmm. a lot of people got disconnected and sort of disconnected from the the high fees people are paying. And I think you see that in Ethereum as well. People get disconnected from the high fees that they're paying because maybe they've made so much money mm-hmm. that they don't really care. Yeah. But it is, you know, the next billion users to to DeFi, to crypto, to any of these things are going to be people who are fee sensitive. And I think Bitcoin yeah. Cash is sort of a, a space where people are super committed to that idea. Yeah. And I think what's nice, as you said, it is its own sort of layer one or layer two that has no, you know, it's using the existing token. And I think what you get there is one of the reasons why a lot of these blockchains have this tendency to raise fees is because they have validators with real network fees, network costs. Well, our validators at at scale by and large will be the miners. The smart BCH validators will be the miners because the way to become a smart BCH validator is for some percentage of the hash rate to elect you. And there's these kind of rolling every two weeks. It takes a snapshot of the mining votes and says, oh, the miners delegated this amount of validation to themselves on the smart BCH network. Mm -hmm. And so it's really like this kind of, you said a a hybrid of proof of work, proof of stake, and it really is. It's like a delegated proof of work. And I'm into crypto in large part because there's 21 million Bitcoin, but also in large part because you know, proof of work. Proof of work is this kind of idea that um, just because you have something doesn't mean you're going to have more of it. You kind of work for new inflation and seniorage becomes expensive. Seniorage, inflation, yep. all this stuff becomes very difficult to do without spending a lot of money and burning a lot of electricity. And so that's one of the things I really like about Smart PCH too is just this, this yep. ruthless commitment to decentralization through proof of work and then this ruthless commitment to uh, low fees through all the technological innovations that they've had around hardware and software. Yeah. And that's just an advantage of it's been in the works for three years. You know, It's been built on and being built on and kind of being developed mostly in the dark, mostly quietly mm-hmm. for several years. And that was sort of how they made these innovations around scaling. Yeah. I mean, even if you're stubborn and you're like, I don't want smart BCH for some reason, you just hate EVM to your core and you're like, this is a waste of time and I only believe in SLP tokens and I only believe in in the proof of work chain and no side chains are, are good. Even if you're like, for some reason in this crazy segment, which you shouldn't be, I would encourage you to, to read more and, and try it out. But if you are in that segment, you still benefit from smart BCH just existing yeah. because they're burning BCH and this is causing deflationary pressure on the layer one coin, which supports an increase in price. And if we want the price to go up of BCH, which we can argue that it doesn't, that we're not in it for the price, we're not in it for things, but a lot of normal people, the people that aren't fully libertarian 
and aren't fully on the utility spectrum. A lot of people are just coming into crypto for a very simple reason, and that's greed. And asymmetric upside. Yeah. There's a limited amount of this stuff. Yeah. If there's an upside, people want in. And this is like one of the easiest ways for new people to come in and say, like, wow, okay, well, BCH is currently around 600 bucks. BTC is a, you know, 60,000. Well, I can buy a lot more of this BCH. And if it 10X is, I'm, I'm going to be in a better position, sort of thing. And, you know, it, it's not why we should be in crypto. It's not why I think I got into crypto. It's just we all want utility. But this feature of smart BCH, of burning BCH and causing deflationary yeah. pressure, it's a net benefit. It's the same kind of economics as like an EIP 1559. 1559. Yeah. yeah. Similar idea of just burning some BCH. And uh, in theory, this will support a greater price and makes the BCH that you own more scarce, which causes, in theory, a, uh, a little bump in price. Not financial advice, do your own research. <laughs> well, yeah. And I think if you're a DeFi user as well, if you're a crypto agnostic DeFi user, you really benefit from this experiment working out because let's say we are right and there is a 100x scalability gain or 80x scalability gain in smart BCH over other EVM systems. Mm -hmm. What if the layer one that you're picking or the, the side chain that you're picking runs out and then starts you know, having high fees? Well, if this becomes the best or the only place to go, then you're better off having it than not having it. And so yes. I think... It's a benefit to BCH holders that are not using smart BCH. It's also a benefit to DeFi and crypto users that are not, not even using it yet today. Because as a scalability alternative, it's good to have alternatives. It's good to have competition. And I was thinking about those burns and when do you celebrate the EIP-1559 burns? Because in many ways, it's an incredible sign of Ethereum's network effects that they're burning so much, that so much Ethereum's being burned. For listeners who don't know, huge amounts of Ethereum are being burned. And a, an investor friend of mine said, well, you should uh, always push for low fees. And when there are low fees, you should celebrate that. And only when you've achieved low fees can you, can you celebrate high burns. High burns are good. Low fees are good. Only when you have low fees can you celebrate high burns. And I was like, yep, that's a very simple <laughs> axiom. And I completely agree with it. If Ethereum had low yeah. fees, the high burns that they're having, the really high amount of Ethereum that, that are being burned would be something that everyone should be celebrating. Right now, I think it's a bit divisive in the Ethereum community and the, the DeFi communities because as much as it celebrates you know, Ethereum deflation, it's also the result of users paying really high fees. So Yeah, yeah, no, I think that's exactly it. I think you nailed it, nailed it on the head there. Yeah, I guess in terms of smart BCH projects that you're currently, I guess, investing in or, or playing around with, what are the ones that you're, you're currently using? Yeah, so I mean, I've used all the DEXs, I bought the puffers, and I've probably used everything you can do on Smart BCH. I think what I'm most excited about is basically if you go to DeFi Pulse, there are so many things on there that have not been copied yet. Mm -hmm. So I think as much as it might sound silly, there's a lot of money to be made just relentlessly copying and improving yeah. upon. Everything that works really well in Ethereum. <laughs> yeah. You don't have to be a genius. Yeah, You do have to be yeah. really good at EVM. I think for DEXs, the requirement is lower. For some of the more complex things like lending pools, building a urine.finance, you should really only attempt mm -hmm. if you're an expert level developer or a team with expert level developers. But these are things that need to get built. And these are things that will get built and should get built. And so I think we're really excited about that. And the concept of composability where you have one thing in DeFi and that that thing, let's say it's an LP token, ends up being used somewhere else in DeFi. 
that really kicks in when you have a lot of things all working in concert. So mm-hmm. we're sort of in this moment as CoinFlex where we're looking at projects that we can help and support in a variety of different ways. I mean, listing their tokens is kind of an obvious no-brainer, simple one. But I think there's a lot of ways we can get involved in helping this smart BCH ecosystem grow. Mm-hmm. And we're very motivated for it to grow because FlexUSD is the main stablecoin on smart BCH. So if smart BCH becomes one of the top EVMs and the top DeFi ecosystems, then FlexUSD will be one of the top stablecoins. Yeah. And we ultimately want that to happen. So and we believe in it from a technological, philosophical, and architectural perspective. You know, we've looked at the code, yeah. we've looked at the whole system, we believe in it now. So yeah, we're, we're looking at the whole space. We're looking at the gaps, the things that are not, not done in the space right now. We're sort of figuring out who's going to be building those gaps. And we're, we're trying to think about how we can get involved in really, really turbocharging all of the efforts of people in Smart BCH to close those gaps faster and also to go beyond what, what's been done on other blockchains. There's so much extra capacity there here. So yeah, yeah. I'm very excited to see what becomes the first Smart BCH token that, that ends up being traded on CoinFlex, because I guess for those of you guys who maybe haven't connected the dots, what's traded on CoinFlex is traded on Bitcoin.com. So those first smart BCH tokens that get listed, it's going to be an interesting, yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens to those from a price and a trading standpoint. But I think more importantly, it's going to be a great signal to the wider crypto space that these are major players playing with smart BCH and is growing. And this is just the start. So yeah. we're gonna we're going to see more institutional DeFi projects likely fork a copy of their own code, or someone else will come and fork a copy of it and run it on Smart BCH. Obviously, my hope would be that we would see folks like Ave, you know, we would see folks like Yearn, we would see folks like um, Vesper, any of these countless kind of trusted DeFi protocols launch on Smart BCH. And I, I think, yeah, when we start signaling that. This is where people are building now because of low fees and that there's user growth here. It becomes a, an easier sell to the uh, these protocols to basically say, come try it out. Let's run a beta. I've talked to some of the people in that kind of top five DeFi Pulse camp, and there's definitely more openness than I think most of the community would uh, yeah. would realize. I think that we're right now in Smart BCH, we've got the missionaries. We've got the people that are diehard BCH fans yeah. that are diehard, you know, and now they're becoming diehard Smart BCH fans. And so we've got that group and that group's not going away. That group's building, that group's making money. Now what we need is the mercenaries. Yeah. You know, we actually need the developers that do not give a crap about BCH. But they're here yeah. because, or they come here because they can make money. They can build things. They see a community that's different. They see a community that's differentiated. And might be more loyal as well. And so I think that's something attractive as well, I think, to developers is mm-hmm. if you have two groups of users, one is sort of a mercenary pool of farming capital that's maybe whale dominated and is really just coming in to pillage your project and dump the farming <laughs> farmable tokens. It's the typical uh, Degen Spartan on Twitter. You know, he's like, yeah. I will farm your ecosystem. I will dump your tokens. And I will I will move all my assets into stable coins and continue to kind of pillage. Just ruthless capitalism. Ruthless capitalism. <laughs> if you think about those guys. It. Yeah. And if you think about chains where it's like mostly those guys or people like that, and then you think about like smart BCH, it's like how attractive is it that this blockchain has just a bunch of people that are not like that? Yeah. But we also need those people too. They yep. they're like uh 
it's like a healthy ecosystem. Yeah, bring on every game. type of market participant. Yeah. Yeah. So. Yeah. Actually, there's been one of the most interesting things I've seen in the last two weeks and something I did not expect at all with regards to smart BCH is we've seen like this reversal adoption from people who've come to smart BCH first and are now trying BCH layer yeah. one. So there's yeah. these people that are of course. You know, probably more from you know BSC, maybe from Polygon. They're from the EVM chain world and they're seeing, well, I've got smart BCH. Okay, well, I guess I can bridge it back and use BCH as well. So we've started getting support tickets and some inquiries from people from the joystick, I think it's joystick, joystick.club. We added this little game. It was one of the hackathon projects and uh, from DevCon Cash, I think. And we added this little game system into the Bitcoin.com wallet. So you can go in and, and basically uh, play arcade games and you, you earn an SLP token. I think they've launched a EVM token on Smart BCH, but all of their users, a lot of their users were, were coming in and using the Bitcoin.com wallet because they're basically farming the SLP token to bridge it to Smart BCH. And then some of them are dumping it or some of them are just trading it then after they've farmed the SLP and then bridged it over. But we've seen these people come in that yeah. weren't Bitcoin.com wallet users, that weren't BCH users. And they've come in purely from Binance Smart Chain and they've yeah. started using the yeah. Layer 1 BCH just to kind of support the bridging events that are going on on Layer 1 BCH because a lot of the current SLP tokens are in this kind of migratory phase. Some of them are choosing to stay on SLP, mm. but a lot of them are currently in the process of saying, well, this is our opportunity to move our SLP token into an EVM chain yeah. where we have immediate access to DEX markets we have immediate access to liquidity for trades and there's higher growth opportunity, yeah. whereas is a bit of a ceiling with any of the SLP tokens. SLP is great. It's gotten Bitcoin cash tokens, but it was like one step. And now we've got this new step and a lot of people are taking the opportunity. But yeah, it's kind of cool seeing this like reversal adoption from the smart BCH to, to layer one, which is really quite cool and something I, I don't think many of us expected. I think we're going to see a lot more of that. I think a lot of people from these other chains are going to move over as their fees on their, those chains just become more crowded. If you're a whale, if you've got $10 million farming portfolio that you can just go to different chains and provide liquidity on, yeah. like, yeah, if you're one of those types of whales, like you can go anywhere. The world's your oyster. You can go to Ethereum, you can do whatever you want. But if yeah. you're not one of those people, if you're looking to trade and, and do DeFi things with a couple hundred dollars, a couple thousand dollars, tens of thousands of dollars, eh, options start becoming more limited. And I yeah. mean, even tens of thousands of dollars, even a hundred thousand dollar user is going to get really severely impacted by Ethereum fees. Someone was, yep. was saying that in order to do, do something or other, you need like, uh, you basically now need like eight figures. And it's like, <laughs> yeah, wait, wait, what? Did I get that yeah. wrong? Did you mean yeah. seven? No, no, eight. Oh, oh, okay. Wow, that's crazy. It's insane. So, yeah. It's yeah horribly insane. depressing. I, I mean, yeah. I'm optimistic and hopeful that Ethereum will figure it out with uh, ETH 2.0. You know, I think that's kind of like the 18 months meme of uh, of Lightning Network, but hopefully they're making more progress. You know, it does seem like they're building, you know, and I think, yeah, it's just natural that you're going to see people migrating away from these high fee chains yeah. and yeah. being like, I've only got a hundred bucks. I'm going to go where it's cheaper. I'm going to go where there's opportunities. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's kind of one of the beautiful things about crypto is like giving people access to move their money and use their money any which way they, they want. So whether you're using, you know, BCH layer one to do payments and buy a beer, great. That's utility. 
whether you're using smart BCH and you're adding liquidity to DEX pools and you're earning some fees, great, you're using your money. You know, whether you're just degen trading between random coins and new launches and stuff like that, cool. That's yeah. one of the cool freedom things that you've got access to as a result of, of cryptocurrency. And I mean, when you look at this from a traditional finance standpoint, you wouldn't be able to do this. You know, yeah. moving money between yeah. banks, they don't like doing that. It's a pain in the ass. They do everything they can to make that process horrible. And yeah, uh, yeah I mean, the, the, the APY that you've got access to, uh, you know, within the, the crypto space, you know, it's, yeah, it's the stuff of uh, bankers' nightmares and, or maybe their dreams because they want that, but it, it's scaring the, the heck out of them. And I think, uh, yeah, we've got a, a long ways to go still, so. But absolutely. Yeah, I think the smart BCH stuff, very cool. I, I'm, you know, everyone at Bitcoin.com, we're super excited for, for the CoinFlex announcements and uh, having FlexUSD, having the Bitcoin.com with CoinFlex Exchange added to it. I think it's going to be a great partnership. And I'm really excited to announce some of the cool stuff we're working on together to kind of make this whole ecosystem easier and more trustworthy. And yeah, it's going to be fun. Cool. Well, thank you so much for your time. And uh, yeah, great to have you on. Thanks, Corbin. Yeah. Awesome. And yeah, thanks, Mark. We'll talk soon. <laughs> See you, Mark. Soon. Bye. Bye.